Viviana Miedema is back scoring goals. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about how many keepers can a club have. That and much, much more on today's episode of That Arsenal Women Podcast. Welcome, 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 my friends, to yet another episode of That Arsenal Women Podcast with me, your host, Demian. If this is your first time ever coming here, well, thank you very much. Thank you for your time, for your energy. If you are a returning listener, thank you so much for doing that. I appreciate it. I must be doing something right. In case none of you know, I have a blog called thatarsenalwomenblog.com in which I write about Arsenal women and things adjacent to women's football every single day. Again, every single day, thatarsenalwomenblog.com. And for those that are coming in here for the first time and you don't know what the hell to expect, please know that I am not a professional football pundit or an analyst. I am just a guy with a podcast. I'm a professional musician. So a lot of the things that I do and say come from the prism of you know, a musician, artist, a, a touring person, and so on and so forth. So it's not your normal Arsenal women you know, perspective, if, if that makes any sense. I'm very, very subjective. I'm very biased. And I'm very, I try to be as open-minded as possible, but I also can admit that I am very stubborn and I have some, some strong opinions that I don't need to share all the time. One of the things that I want to mention that I think it's fair for you to know is that I just woke up and I'm doing this without a lot of thought because I have to get this done in the next few minutes because I have to go to a rehearsal that I cannot be late for here in LA. And as you can imagine, traffic is absolutely insane. And I have to say that today is my 17th year anniversary living in LA, making this city the city that I live the longest in in my life. I was born and raised in Venezuela, but uh, there were a couple of years there uh, that I lived in Boston. So out of the 18 years that I lived in Venezuela before I moved out, three of those or two of those, I lived in, uh, in like I said, in, in Boston. And then I lived in Boston for a combined in different stints for a few, a few years here and there, almost 10 or 11 years or so. And then I've been here in LA, like I said, for 17 years. So it's absolutely insane. It's a very special day for me for numerous reasons. So I'll, I'll dive deeper into that at some other point. It's irrelevant at the moment as it relates to what you're here to hear me talk about, which is Arsenal women. So a few things to talk about. So I'm going to try to be as quick as I can. And like I said, you can read a bunch of this stuff on the blog, that arsenalwomenblog.com. You would have to be a very non-committed fan of Arsenal women to not be aware that Viviana Mirema is back scoring goals. Of course, this is important for the team. It's important for her. It's important for many, many reasons. And among the reasons why I want, I, I wanted this to happen is beyond it being important for her, and I hate to give importance to what people think, but I can imagine that it was a lot of pressure for somebody like that 
to not be scoring. And in general, it doesn't matter if you're coming back from an injury, regardless of how long it is, but if you keep that in consideration. But but beyond that, you have uh, an, a teammate of yours, like Beth Mead, who recovered from the same injury right around the same time and came back basically firing firing on all cylinders. So there, there can be some comparison made from people in, in this external voices that might, I'm not saying it, it does, but it might bother Viv. And of course, this is something that I, I, I dislike in, in, in many a way because it, when you have somebody or, or someone who does something really, really well, you usually, that kind of becomes part of their identity. And again, I wrote about this on the blog. So I, I think that sometimes when, when, when you're not doing what you're known for, or you're not doing what you people expect you to do or assume that you are supposed to do, and that thing can be also a part of your personality or a part of your identity, if not in your own eyes, in the eyes of other people, you know, it's like it's safe to assume like, oh, yeah, Viv's a goal scorer. That's what she does. She's a goal scorer. Well, that implies that if she's not scoring goals, goals, she's less of who she is. And of course, that's absolute BS and that is not how life works, right? However, there are players do, that do feel that part of, of, of who they are deep within their core is what they do. And I made the comparison with musicians. And I've been guilty of that before. Like when I, like during the pandemic, for example, when I wasn't able to perform in front of people, I was a little lost. Like, okay, so what am I doing? Who am I? Like, what is this all about? And you find your footing, you find your way. And if there's one person whose mentality I trust is Viviana Midema. So that's why I'm not mentioning so much about what good this does for her because it's it's obvious it's clear we've heard heard her speak about it however i i can't help but feel very relieved that that it might shut some people up and she won't have to to deal with a lot of nonsense that that you and i know that it's very prevalent online speaking of nonsense or what i perceive nonsense to be is the negativity surrounding uh, Sarah Buhadi, if I'm pronouncing her name correct, the new goalkeeper that we just signed for a very short-term deal. And people are freaking out. They're very being very mean. They're being very critical of the club, which I'm not opposed for you to be critical of the club. I just think there are time and places to, to sort of guide that energy and going after a keeper of her experience, of her background, a woman of color that, you know, everybody complains that there's no women of color at Arsenal. So we sign a woman of color and people are still complaining, right? We hear a lot of criticism about the goalkeeping situation. And then we get a, a, a legendary goalkeeper at our club and people aren't happy about it. So obviously this means that people will never be happy about anything because we all know that even if we sign Mary Earps, people would complain. If we signed Musovic, people would complain. If we signed Hannah Hampton, people would complain. If we signed Endler, people would complain, and so on and so forth. So it's just very annoying to see the negativity all the time. And this is one of the main reasons why I have been off Twitter in a very um, profound way, as much as I could be. And I know that sounds like a very, a statement that makes me 
feel like I'm more intelligent than I am, but I encourage you to do the same and you're going to feel something profound when you are away from that negativity and that nonsense that all the time that happens all the time. So we signed her. Let's talk about this for a second. We currently have now five keepers at Arsenal. What is that all about? Five keepers. That is absolutely insane. And as I love the club, but this is absolutely wild. What is happening? This makes very little sense. And unless some people are going to leave, you know, five goalkeepers is, is, is absolutely insane. So Sabrina is going to the Gold Cup. This is why we brought Sarah in. Great. But when she comes back, we'll still have four keepers, right? So something needs to happen. Things need to be addressed. And things need to happen during the transfer window. I don't know what else we're, we're waiting for. But again, what the hell do I know? But I do know that I would like Mary Earps at the club in the summer. So I don't care if we have nine keepers. None of them are going to be better than Mary Earps. So I'm excited to see her wearing Arsenal colors. And I hope that there's some news about that soon. But we all know that that is not a thing. So going back to this topic really quickly, there's a lot of negativity, but I don't think people read, which is very predictable. So all the people talking smack about Sarah. Well, Sarah's a great keeper and she's going to be fine. And I trust her more than I trust Sabrina anyway, whatever that means based on her background. Anyway, this is not a dig to Sabrina. It's just based on resume and pedigree. So yeah, I'm completely cool with Sarah being in the team. And if it's going to be for a short time, great. And then Sabrina comes back, you know, and it's going to bring some sort of normalcy, so to speak, for some of the fans. Uh, that's not me. I have thoughts on all this and I've shared before where I think that Manu should be our second goalkeeper and we should have Mary Earps, but that's a whole different story. And again, I'm not complaining about Manu. I love Manu and she's doing great. And I'm team Manu. Believe me, if somebody told me that she's going to be our number one for this season or for the rest of the season next, I'll be like, yeah, sign me up. The next run of matches are something that is in a way concerning to a degree as far as on paper but after analyzing it a bit I do have to say that I'm very confident as most of the matches are at home so the way the schedule will look we have the next game is away at West Ham United right who aren't flying by any means right they're they're a club battling relegation and you know obviously we can't expect any match to be a walk in the park, but this might be the one to expect it to be a bit of a walk in the park, especially without Lisa Evans. So I don't particularly care about that team anymore. Not that I ever did, but having Lisa there was always like, okay, cool. I want Lisa to do well. So after that, we have several matches that, like I said, are at home with the inclusion of a very exciting game that uh, was scheduled for the Conti Cup, this happens um, sort of, well, the draw was last night. So it happened uh, after I had written about this on, on the blog. So we have West Ham away, then London City Lionesses away. I've spoken about my love for Rusha Littlejohn in the past. I love her. I think she's an amazing player. I got to see her live with the Irish squad alongside Katie McCabe, um, Denise O'Sullivan, uh, you know, Lucy Quinn, Louise Quinn, I had a lot of fun at that match. And so I have a soft spot for for Rusha. 
and I really want her to do well. Maybe not that well against Arsenal, but I want her to do well. So after that, they're the three big ones, uh, if you can call them that, at home, right? I guess before the big one. So we have Man City for the FA Cup on the 11th of February. Then we have Man United at the Emirates a few days later on the 17th. And then we have a North London Derby at uh, on the 3rd against Tottenham, obviously. And again, those are all at home. So it's very important for us to have that sort of you know fortress mentality. The issue is that that fortress is needs to be divided into two fortresses, the Emirates and Meadow Park. So I don't know the inner workings mentally if people see the Emirates at home, uh, sorry, the Emirates as their home now, or they feel more comfortable playing at Borumwood. You know, the amount of people is one thing. Maybe the facilities are something that they care about more or the trip might be easier from one place to the other. I don't really know and I don't really have an insight into it and I cannot make any assumptions, but I hope that whatever needs to happen for the players to be happy and mentally sound happens. And yes, the one of the biggest cliches, every match counts. Yes, especially all those three matches, especially the, the Man United and the Tottenham match, it butts up against the Chelsea away match, right, on March 17th. So we definitely need to be on it uh, for clear reasons. And also, Chelsea don't look like they are in any sort of danger of dropping points. You know what I mean? Honestly, the the two matches that I see as potentially tricky for them is definitely Man City, uh, where they play at home. I'm looking at the schedule right, right now. On February 16th, they play at home. So that is a big one. That's the weekend we play Man United. They play Man City. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens. So assuming that Chelsea win, we need to win against Man United. That is a thing, obviously. But the next game that they play, which is against Leicester uh, away, might be tricky. Leicester are a tricky team. So that would be uh, something that I they look forward to as far as like crossing my fingers and hoping that they lose. But I mean, with Lauren James, how she's playing, you know, it's wild. That that whole team is so stacked. I love Guru Wrighton. I Lupoltz is a player that I love uh, anyway. Like so, it, it's just gonna be very very tough. There has to be like a freak result here and there. But you know, crazier things have happened. So enough about Chelsea. And I want to finish today with something that I'm very sad to have to finish this episode with, and that is the ACL injury to Jill Roard, one of my favorite players of all time, one of my favorite Arsenal players of all time, obviously now with Man City, and I am absolutely gutted for her. Jill is a person that I feel has been very misunderstood. Jill is, for me, without a doubt, one of the most obviously talented people in women's football. I've always thought so. I think that she in the past has struggled with finding her position because her coaches played her in many different places and it's not up to her to just pick where she plays. 
but she is somebody that I rate very, very highly. And when she signed to Wolfsburg, there were so many people criticizing her. And then when she signed to Man City, there were so many people criticizing her, including Arsenal related Arsenal women related podcasters in in reporters that would tweet stuff about her fans that would say really mean things in both of those the groups of people I assure you would never say this to her face so I'm really really bummed for her and I'm angry that that I started thinking about these people that were so mean to her and it just that's me I wear my emotions on my sleeve so it really pissed me off, and I just hope that she comes back even stronger than ever. She was having an outstanding season. She's somebody that is very kind and a badass baller. And, you know, I always enjoyed when she scored for whichever team, and I enjoyed when she assisted, and she's meant a lot to the Dutch national team. And make no mistake, she is a pillar in that team, and... It doesn't matter who you think might replace her, whether she's an Arsenal player or not. Jill Roard is irreplaceable in that squad. Her height, her power, her tenacity, her technique, that's something that we need and we're going to miss a lot. So definitely something to ponder and think about for the next 12 months or so. All right, my friends, I have to go. I hope you have a great rest of your week. Thank you so much for listening. As always, that arsenalwomenblog.com every single day is when I post every single day that arsenalwomenblog.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll speak again real soon.